spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Wednesday. This portion of the amazing program is brought to you by Parker and Sons Plumbing and Electrical. Two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. All right, so yesterday we talked about Cochise County. Today we continue to talk about them. They refuse to certify the election. There are two. Uh, there are three board members. Two are Republican. The two Republicans say they will not sign off on this. So yesterday we had former Arizona Attorney General Terry Goddard on. You know, it is not a laughing matter. It is not something where you just to say, "Oh, I'll wait till the court to order me to do it, and then I'll do it." No, as you just pointed out, they've already broken the law. Now it's in the court of the county attorney and the attorney general as to whether they choose to prosecute. So Goddard joined us yesterday. Uh, he, along with former Maricopa. County Attorney Rick Romley sent a letter to Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich's office uh, requesting an investigation into the board members who refused to to, to canvass the election. So we had uh, Goddard on yesterday. Today, we've got Romley. Here we go. Maricopa County, former Maricopa County Attorney Rick Romley joins the show. Hey, Rick, how are you? Nice to have you back on the show. It's good to be back. How are you guys? We're doing good. So, my, you know, my first question is, can Arizona move forward without Cochise county votes like can we just say okay you guys don't want to certify it or we'll just go without it from what i understand we can't do that can you do you know can you enlighten us on that i i wish i could give you a definitive answer but i don't know exactly but i do not believe that we can go forward and that's why uh the secretary of state has filed a mandamus action as well as i don't know the name of the nonprofit, mm. but they've also filed a mandamus action which basically asks the court to order them to do their statutory duty itself, and um, uh, but I do not believe that we can move forward. And think about it: if we had, you've disenfranchised how many voters? You know that did what they were supposed to do. They want their vote to be counted, and here you have two individuals that are, you know, not following through on their official duties. And because of that, some elections may be uh, overturned. You know the the Tom Horn case. And the superintendent of public instruction, you know, uh, that that's a very close race. So uh, but I don't believe you can. But I can't say definitively. I haven't researched it that good. So, uh, guys, hey, can I do something? Yeah, sure. I'm going to get in trouble if I don't. You want to shout out? My wife told me to tell you guys hello (laughs) and that she loves your show. Now I. I'm not going to get in trouble tonight. Uh, all right, I just wanted good. to do that. <laughs> I had to get it out of the way, guys. Well, so Rick Romley wanted to shout a shout out go. to Rick Romley's wife. There everybody. you go. Very good. Uh, yeah, my wife. Uh, tr- trust me. She's telling me all the time. I don't get to always listen to your show because time of the day, but she she just loves you guys. She just does. That's so. great. Well, we appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for saying that. And we'll definitely send your check uh, on the way. <laughs> so, uh, so, Rick, Take here's, a big some, one. A big here's one. something. What's the next step? So this thing's going to go to, obviously, court. You guys are going to go as fast as you possibly can. How fast can that be? Because doesn't Ducey have to do this by when? Early December? We have to have this done and dusted? That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And I I think the courts are going to be stepping in. But, but, you know, let me back up if I can uh, a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, when Terry Goddard and I, we were discussing this issue, uh, I can tell you from my perspective, you know, I've been – looking at all the conspiracy issues and the allegations of election fraud, you know, threatening to throw people in jail, you know, uh, from in the attorney general's race, you know, one of the candidates was saying that with absolutely no evidence. 
I was becoming more and more frustrated. And as Carrie and I were talking about it, I, we just it just hit us both really hard. You know, there's been such a lack of leadership in this state, you know, uh, to doing the right thing and standing up and speaking out publicly, you know, uh, about what needs to be done that we just decided, you know, we may not have any authority anymore, but we are former uh, law enforcement officers. And so we decided to have our voice be, you know, uh, be out there a little bit. And, you know, part of what we were, you know, I the the contradictions. Here you have the attorney general right now has sent a letter to Maricopa County demanding all of this information, inferring wrongdoing, you know, by at the election in Maricopa County. But they've done nothing against Cochise County when it appears at at least at first blush to be a clear violation of state law and a felony. Somebody needs to get this back in order. This craziness has to stop. And so I, I urge people to start speaking up. It's time we stop this craziness. That is, yeah, that's a great point. We, we, we didn't bring that up. So let's let's follow that for a moment. You have the attorney general here in Arizona who demanded and wanted to speak to Maricopa County election officials. And Chad and I sat here and like, OK, that's cool. Let let the Maricopa County election officials tell the tell tell Burnovich what happened. Yeah. Where is Mark Burnovich today with Cochise County? He's done nothing. And that's a clear violation of the law with, with what they're doing in Cochise County. So it's like, you know, Burnovich is one of these guys where he kind of sits on the fence. I want Trump to endorse me. I don't want Trump to endorse me. I think the election was fraudulent. I think the election was kind of safe. He he wanted to go and he wanted to investigate Maricopa County, but he's sitting on his rear end for Cochise doing nothing. It's a great point. Great point, Rick. Well, uh, I, I can tell you this, that from the letter, I've received an email back from the Cochise County attorney, and he basically thanked me f- for the letter. But he said, as, as you know, I cannot talk about what my options are and what I plan to proceed with. But thank you. But, and I am aware of this issue. I've heard nothing from Bronovich yet. Wow. And um, that, that's disappointing. It really is disappointing. And, and quite frankly, it's time for the, the individuals in this state, especially the leaders in this state, to stand up and say, Enough is enough. Come on, guys. Everybody has to do their job. Hmm. And, you know, the, there's there's other options here, by the way, uh, beyond the criminal penalties. Okay. And we pointed those out to the county attorney in an email today and that, you know, if the Board of Supervisors fails to uh, adhere to the legal advice of the county attorney and the county attorney says it's improper for them to do it, they're personally liable for any costs that come to the county that way. If there's a recount, whatever, lawsuits, they're personally liable, and an action can be brought on that. And I I hope he's pointed that out to the Board of Supervisors. Also, there's the ability to proceed with what's called an accusation. This is the way, it's kind of like an impeachment proceeding, but it's for county elected officials. There is a process in place by which elected officials can be removed from office for malfeasance, misfeasance, nonfeasance, etc. So there are other options here. Our point is, Terry Goddard's and my point is this. Somebody must stand up and say there has to be an accountability. When an elected official that took an oath of office fails to do their statutory duty, and this is non-discretionary. This is not one of those types of things where you can say, I won't do that. When they fail to do their duty, there needs to be an accountability. Otherwise, you're just emboldening other people to maybe do it again next year. Whatever. We almost had it with Mojave County this year. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, Rick, last question. We've got about a minute here. Uh, oh, do you think you thought, hey, you know what, Ducey, you need to get involved. This is your party here. You need to get involved and, and, and push a little bit here, uh, you know, because the, before this thing becomes any more of a nightmare and then people do get arrested and they do go in and grab the ballot boxes, uh, you know, a DPS. Uh, let's see if maybe cooler, calmer heads can prevail. I, I would hope he would. I mean, it really is time for the leadership to step up and um, take control here. Uh, enough of this. I mean, these conspiracy theories are, are totally out of control, and we need to bring back faith in, in our processes and our systems. And if there is a real issue with the integrity of it, do it the right way. There, are, there is a procedure in place that if somebody thinks that something went wrong, that it, they can bring an action uh, for it. The Board of Supervisors did not follow the law. Hey, Rick, I'm glad you and uh, Goddard stepped up, put this letter out. Uh, You've always shown um, leadership in Arizona. You love this state. You want to see it do well. And uh, we appreciate you joining us on the show today. Tell your wife we said hello. Hello, wife. I will. (laughs) Now I'm going to get a good dinner tonight. Hey, there you go. All right. Thanks, Rick. Uh, Take care, guys. Rick Romley, former Maricopa County attorney, uh, certainly stand-up guy, always has been. And I'm glad that he showed some leadership on this. And he makes a great point. The thing I'll leave after talking, you know, with after talking to him is Brnovich went out of his way to investigate Maricopa County. Yeah. But he's doing nothing on Cochise County. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows what Cochise County is doing is illegal. Yeah. And he's and Brnovich isn't doing anything. I don't get that. Man. No, I don't get it. Either. I don't I understand. Kind of gotten past everything yeah. and what was past that. And obviously he's not. I, I just don't. Are the powers to be in the Republican Party here getting in his ear and saying, you better not do this. Yeah. You know, it's it's frustrating. You know, Bernovich, get the yellow off your back. Yeah, big time. You know, wipe that yellow stripe off your back and do your job. Seriously. Being why, a leader means doing why, things that why, may go against your right. party. Why do two former leaders of Arizona have to go and tell a current so, a supposed leader of Arizona and Mark Bernovich to do something about Cochise County? That is interesting. It really is interesting. Uh-huh. Sad. It sad. is sad. sad. All right. Coming up, uh, coming up next, uh, is there a modern day Jack the Ripper Ooh. loose in the United States? We've been talking about this. It is getting scarier by the day, and we're going to talk about it next. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. All right, thanks to Rick Romley in the last uh, segment. You know what? We're going to talk to former Arizona Governor Jan Brewer at 405. Uh, Biden's coming to town. Does uh, it's not like does, Santa Claus. No. Does Ducey need to confront Biden on the tarmac about the border like Brewer did with Obama? We'll talk about it at 405. All right. Uh, is there a modern-day Jack the Ripper loose in the United States? We've been following this story in Idaho. Four college students dead. They don't have a suspect. They don't have a murder weapon. No one saw a thing. It's like somebody came in, slaughtered four people, and hasn't been seen again. And this person who slaughtered the four people, like Jack the Ripper, knew where to cut them. Yeah. Very creepy. So Alex Stone, ABC News, he's been covering this story uh, uh, for us. Uh, we talked to you yesterday, Alex. Today, um, we're trying to figure out were the were the college uh, murder victims targeted or not targeted? 
Well, from the beginning, uh, they, they've been saying it was a targeted attack, uh, initially based on circumstances, no forced entry, knife attacks are typically personal. Uh, then they indicated they had evidence, they wouldn't say what it was, uh, pointing to it being targeted. But today, the lead prosecutor in uh, an interview telling News Nation that the, maybe the victims were not targeted, maybe the home was targeted and that investigators are going down that road now and uh, he said this it seems like the word targeted has had different um different understandings for different people who are listening and and perhaps isn't the best word to use uh the bottom line is whoever's responsible for this is still at large uh that can't be changed Uh, my understanding is the investigators believe that whoever's responsible um was specifically looking at this particular residence why would you target a home but not the people inside there if you're going to go and kill them the inside of there. Well, we just happened to, uh, in this uh, last couple hours here, sit down one-on-one. Our teams with Police Chief James Fry in Moscow is a first one-on-one interview mm. since the murders and said, all right, your lead prosecutor is saying maybe they weren't targeted. And he said, I'm going to stand by what we've said all along. We believe this is a targeted attack. We believe that um, with the information that we have from the investigation, and we can't reveal that, right? I know everybody wants to know that information, but we can't reveal that right now. But I maintain that um, we still believe this was a targeted attack. Now, he won't define what targeted means. He is absolutely refusing to give out uh, any details of any evidence that they do or don't have. Um, One of the dads whose daughter was killed, questioning whether Moscow police are up to the task, if the case is going to go cold, thinks his daughter may have been targeted, wants to know more, and the the chief says, well, man, just trust us. We we are continuing our investigation, and they just need to hopefully trust that. I understand as a dad... I'm a dad. I understand his wanting to know that. I understand that he would um, need to know that. And someday um, we're going to let everybody know what we know. But right now, it is crucial to us to maintain the integrity of that. Someday. But the community is saying it's been two and a half, almost three weeks now, and there has been nothing since day one. And he says everything goes through him, that they are the lead on the case, that Idaho State Police and the FBI are there to help them and do what they need help with, um, but that the, the buck stops with him and he's leading the case. Became rather emotional, crying quite a bit during the, the interview about how it's impacted the, the community and that his detectives are working hard and he's is doing a phenomenal job. One more thing, yeah. you know, ask how in a small college town does a who done it? How is that still a mystery? I mean, I went to, to Boulder in Colorado and everybody knew everything that, that was going on right. in yeah. a small college town. He says, That's a pretty good question. But that's why we continue doing what we do. That's why we continue to take tips. And that's why we're going to continue to push through this investigation until we can uncover that secret. And, and when we do, um, It'll be a, it'll be one of those days that um, a lot of relief will come to our community. No suspect, no motive, no murder weapon. He says it's surreal. It's been almost three weeks uh, that they've been working on the case. Says it's never off his mind. He's thinking about it constantly. Only yesterday they impounded all of the vehicles parked outside of the the murder scene in the the parking area. So all the victims' cars. He said, you know, asked why almost three weeks later you only now gonna get the lab in there and look in their vehicles. He said, well, we're just getting around to it right now. That it's not something. We've gotten to until now. They're covered in snow, so if there's any evidence, yeah, hopefully it's on the inside. There's probably nothing in them that's going to lead them to the killer, but okay. um, they only towed them away yesterday. Oh, Alex God. Stone, ABC News. Thanks, man. You got it. Thanks, guys. Chad, it's too quiet. Yeah, the they, cops either know everything, and for one reason or another, they're not saying a word, or they have absolutely 
No idea what I'm, happened. I'm going to go with B. I am too. I'm going to go with B. I don't think they know what's going on. I think this has escaped them. I don't think they have the resources or understanding of this. This is not a small town, you know, small time drug deal that went wrong and somebody got killed. This seems to be somebody who, who maybe are just, just, hey, you know what? Uh, arbitrarily, I'm picking that house and went and did something. And that person is still out there. Out there. They may not even be in Moscow. They may be in, that's Idaho people. Right. They may be somewhere else, but these right. people just seem to know anything. All right. Becky Lynn has the news in just a couple of minutes. We are going to interrupt her. React to the day's top stories. Holding up the headlines next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. And you know what that means. Time for us to hold up the headlines. With the headlines, here's Becky Lynn. KTAR Eyes on the Economy. President Biden is coming to the Valley next week for the first time as president. He will speak at the upcoming Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Plant on Tuesday, December 6th. His visit will highlight his administration's success when it comes to the country's manufacturing boom. His last visit to Arizona was back in 2020 while campaigning for the White House. But First Lady Dr. Jill Biden visited multiple times since then. She was here earlier this month to campaign for Democrats in the midterm election. Nick Sadowski, KTAR News. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Hey, Mr. President, don't come here unless you're going to go to the border. That's it. That's all you need to say right uh, there. I don't want you here. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted about talking about the border. 2.4 million migrants arrested at the border this year, the most ever. And you're going to come here and give a speech that is about the economy? About the economy. No, you go to the border. Listen, Arizona helped you win the presidency, and you've totally ignored us. Go to the border. See it. Do something. At least go and look at it. Stare at it. See Stare exactly. What's it. all the hubbub about yeah. over here? Something. Cover Pay an eye. attention. Put, put the other eye to where I don't, I don't care. Go and see it. If you're not going to come see the border, don't come here. I don't want I don't want you here. I understand completely, but he's not coming to the border and he's going to ignore it, pretend like we're not even a border state. We're holding up the headlines. President's trip comes the same day that equipment is expected to be moved inside the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Facility. And Chris Camacho with the Greater Phoenix Economic Council describes that as a landmark day in Arizona, pointing to the huge economic boost this facility will bring. The economic impacts are not just the jobs created, but the supply chain and the capital investment yield will drive significant tax revenue to the city of Phoenix and the state of Arizona for many years to come. Construction expected to be finished up in 2024. Yeah, and the only thing anybody's going to talk about is that he didn't see the border. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I think we put the spotlight on that. Uh, yeah, there are economic reasons why he's coming here. But if you don't go and see the border, I don't want to know what you're doing here. I don't uh, even want to look at it. We we absolutely th- look. It's important that we have these facilities here because the reality is, is if uh, something was to happen to Taiwan, uh, all of you out there who are worried about your phones and stuff, that stuff would go away really fast and we'd be in a lot of trouble. Uh, we need this. That being said, here in the border, we also need a border that's actually protected. And he's not going to pay attention to either of them. And he should be able to do do things at once, but he won't. It's real easy. He's got, you know, he can he can easily go. Doug Ducey can can arrange that in five seconds. Go and see the border. We're holding up the headlines. This is a urban redevelopment project that has multiple uses.
The Arizona Coyotes are one step closer to getting their new arena in Tempe. KTAR's Heidi Hommel is live in the news center with the story. That's right, Becky. Coyotes president and CEO Javier Gutierrez told the Gatos and Chad show he's focused on gathering signatures after last night's Tempe City Council meeting. Obviously very thankful for the council for a 7-0 vote, a unanimous <laughs> approval of this $2.1 billion privately financed sports and entertainment district. Gutierrez called it a big win for for his team and for Tempe. He said they plan to have enough signatures in the next nine to ten days to get it on the ballot for a special election on May 16th of next year. He called it a transformative redevelopment project that will also include a state-of-the-art arena and practice facilities. Reporting live in the News Center, Heidi Hommel, KTAR News. I think people think this is just an arena they're building. Yeah, and that is not. not even close. I mean, that's a small part of it. He's even told us that he's building the Rodeo Drive of Arizona there. Absolutely. There's going to be uh, uh, places to live there. There's going to be uh, re- Restaurant Row. I mean, these are, these are things Arizona needs. We need this stuff in the Valley. Uh, so, I, you know, I think Tempe residents are like, okay. And it's not traffic, costing you a penny. Is traffic going to get worse? Probably. Uh, okay. Is it going to cost taxpayers anything in Tempe? He said no. No. And that right there is huge. I mean, how often do you hear, like, I want this or I want that or I'm not moving the team or I'm not doing this? They're like, we're going to find hands. We're going to do all of this. You guys just get to enjoy it. And it's going to bring 7,000 new jobs and tons of tax uh, taxes. I think a lot of people will go there, you know, and it's not just to see an Arizona Coyotes game. Well, they're going to go there for other things. A ton of different reasons. Yeah. Concerts and all kinds right. of stuff. Holding up the headlines. KTAR Eyes on Immigration. The Forest Service is alerting the public about safety concerns where the state put those shipping containers to curb illegal entry into the country south of Sierra Vista. Star Farrell with the Coronado National Forest says the state didn't have the approval needed to put those containers on the border. And now armed, unauthorized individuals, not groups, have been spotted in the area. We want people to stay away from that. It's a public safety concern at this point. We're hoping that by getting this information out there, people will know that it's not the best time to be visiting that area. The area is one of the nation's busiest drug and human smuggling corridors. Again, Biden's coming here. We have this. We 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 have pretend barrier up mm-hmm. that is doing the best that we possibly can. There's a real issue here with people being, you know, slavery essentially. Let's just call it what it is: sex slavery being, you know, sold into horrific conditions, drugs, all of this stuff. Hey, you know what? We got to start doing some here, and we're gonna have somebody that's the president who can sort some of this out, and he's ignoring it. Yeah, I wonder if it'll change when Katie Hobbs becomes governor. And I only say that because she's a Democrat. And Democrats only talk to other Democrats. Just like Republicans only talk to other Republicans. Anybody cross the aisle these days? No. So does Katie Hobbs have the ear of the president who's also a Democrat? We'll see. We'll see. That's Becky Lynn. She reads the news at 3.30. We kind of uh, jump in. We interrupt. We react to the day's top stories. Little snark. Little snark. We call it holding up the headlines. Uh, And so coming up next, why were the people of Iran or as Becky Lynn likes to call it, I ran. Sorry. I did. You know what? <laughs> By the way, I would like to point out, if you, you like to do the rewinding. I heard Chad call it that yesterday, long after we what talked about it. rewinding? You know how yesterday you rewound it? Oh, you mean like this? Well, I screamed. I said it. Team USA defeated Iran one to nothing.
There you go. <laughs> Chad called it that, too. So. Yeah, he's yeah. allowed to do it. We don't rewind on him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, I call it, you know what? Based on the, 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 the way that they asked our people the questions and went after him, I ran it is. And I ran away. All right. Why were the people of Iran cheering for the U.S. yesterday during the World Cup game? Next. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All right, let's turn attention to KTAR.com, right side of the page. Here's the big Q. Uh, what's the biggest story of the week so far? A, the U.S. beat Iran in the World Cup. Uh, B, Senate passes landmark legislation protecting same-sex marriage rights. Uh, C, Cochise County has not certified the results of this year's midterm election. Uh, the number one answer so far, 44%. U.S. beats USA. Iran in the USA. World Cup. Chad, yesterday... Iranians were cheering for America. They were cheering against their country. Yep. Why? Uh, well, the the national team is kind of a they're the golden boys. uh, Some people say of the regime, and while they are not happy about that, the the regime lifts them up and kind of puts them out there. And so, any win for them can be seen as a win for the regime, especially in something like the World Cup. So people that are protesting were out there celebrating the U.S. victory because it makes the regime potentially look, you know, softer or weaker. And, and you know, the worry is now these guys are going to get fined or jailed uh, or Who's tortured. The, the players from Iran. It wasn't like they, they tried to lose yesterday. They didn't. Wait, so some of the players on the Iranian team could get tortured or jailed for losing? That's uh, that's some of the God. things that people are saying. Oh, you know? my gosh. Would not be the first time it's happened in Iran uh, with the World Cup and several other of their players being, you know, rumors have had it that they were uh, had their bottom of their feet beaten and stuff like that. It's just, you know, I mean, look, think about the regime itself and what it's doing to its own people. So uh, it was I probably jokingly said yesterday I was rooting for Iran. Because, like, their players could get killed. Uh, The team's families were threatened with imprisonment. Yep. In advance of the match. In advance of the match. And you're watching this and you're like, "Eh, I'm an American. Uh, Of course I'm going to root for America. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Our guys lose, they come home. Yeah. Their guys lose, uh, they might come home, and then then they might be in a grave. It's uh, it's possible. Wow. Well, you know, there's a lot of them that you know, luckily, live in work in Europe, and that's where they play their their ball. Uh, but the reality is simply, you don't know what's going to happen to their families. Right. Uh, I think probably they're close. You know, they're closer. Families were probably already in Europe. Get out of there. It's it's an ugly situation. And, you know, I mean, it, it is they were celebrating pretty hard last night they too, were. because it wasn't that they don't want their team to win. And they want those players. They love those players as much as we love our players. The problem is they hate the regime and it is getting uglier with the continual beatings and killings of of all of these 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 people who are out protesting. But do they hate their country? Because uh, I get why they would. You know, when you say, oh, I hate the regime, but that's what their country is all about right now. Yeah, it is. It's about that they regime. They hate what their, com, com, you know, countries become. Right. But you look at, you know, you look at somewhere like Iran. Let me tell you what happens in these countries. It wasn't like that all the time. Do you want to know why our revolution stands out more than pretty much any other revolution? Because it happened. What does that mean? 
it doesn't happen many places. Rarely does it ever come off. What happens when the bad guys have the guns and the good guys don't? Yeah. More often than not, it gets squashed. Yeah. And that's the issue right now. Don't you think there are people out there that would love to take their country back, like the people in China, oh, like God, the people yeah. in Iran? I mean, if you're watching and looking at what is happening in China, you know, uh, we were chatting about this off the air the other day. Yeah. In China, they're going trying to do zero COVID, which means if you even have a sniffle, they lock you up. Yeah. And now COVID is kind of running rampant in, in China, so they've locked everybody down again. Just think about it. You know, when 2020 hit in March and April and we went into that short lockdown period, imagine staying like that. Imagine being in that lockdown period from 2020 all the way up until now, because that's basically what it's and been like in China. continuing to be, to be in that. And he has got the, you want to know who the most powerful individual on the earth is? It's Xi. This guy has zero, zero. Yeah. Accountability. He is, he's the president for life. He's the dictator for life. He is the, he can do whatever he wants and he is going to crack down. It's going to happen. And remember, why crack down? Because like, if you're, if your goal is to get zero COVID, what that tells me is, like, do you care too much about your people? You don't want anyone to get sick? That no. is not what this he is hates, about. He doesn't care about his people. No, he his people, doesn't care. A number and so does it. he like to, to put them inside and make them suffer? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, because it shows that it's one of those things where uh, if you do this now and you can break their spirit, uh, you don't have to worry about breaking their spirit. Tomorrow. Oh, gosh. And that's, and that's, so it's not about keeping anybody oh, safe. God, he doesn't care about no. that. It's a number. In fact, if you told him today you have to kill 50 million of your people, but COVID will go away and go, that's fine. That's fine. It's a number. Wow. And here's the other thing. You know, one of the other things that kids are complaining about, the younger generation over there is... In China? Yeah. He is destroyed any of their fun. He's destroyed fun in their country. He has made fun virtually illegal. Meaning, no more fun movies. No more fun music. Only approved by this. Only approved by that. The, the books they're reading are 15 or 20 years old are only about how great China is and the great power. He has destroyed fun. And he has grabbed power in an He's got 10 times the power that Vladimir Putin does in, in Russia. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. Oh, yeah, I believe that. And when you destroy people's fun, I, there's a great book out about uh, about Lenin, not John, uh, Vladimir. And they said he, he was the singular human being that they never saw laughed, ever. Never laughed. Was always de- just sad and serious. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, just think of what people are going through in other countries. In Iran, they're actually rooting against their, t- their own team in the World Cup. In China, they can't even go outside. And when they do, oh my gosh. My God. These, the, 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 the Chinese military is shooting people or beating you. And, and your social credit score. Wow. All right, coming up next. Yes, another edition of Midterm Mayhem. Because we've got Cochise County screwing around. And they're not certifying the ballots, the election. Plus, Biden visits Arizona next week, but not the border. Should Ducey confront him on the tarmac, make a spectacle? Well, Jan Brewer knows all about that. She'll join us, talk about it next.